Hello, everybody. This is Andrew Gomison with the Speaking for Him podcast. Today, we're continuing on our Back to Basics Myths of Modern Christianity series. And basically, we're discussing the issue of whether all roads lead to heaven. Or another way to put it is that you can get to heaven whatever religion you have, or even if you have no religion at all. And we're going to dig into how dangerous that belief system is and what the Bible actually says about this in just a little bit. But first, I want to talk about what is going on. Well, to start out this segment, uh, this week is very special to me because I want to acknowledge nine years of podcasting on the Speaking for Him podcast today. And I have a lot of people to thank as a result of that. I'll try to make this as succinct as possible, and there's no way that I could thank every single one of the people that has impacted this podcast and made it possible for me to do this on a weekly basis, but I'm going to give it my best shot. First of all, just to give you some background, in 2012, I was working as a volunteer at WJQ doing morning devotions, thanks to Chris and Emily Danielson, who are really my mentors in the radio-slash-podcasting business. And it's kind of exciting, actually, that Chris and Emily Danielson and Adam McNutt, who are both key to the early success of Speaking for Him, have podcasts of their own now. So I kind of feel like they led me into radio and helped me get started in my podcast, and now I have helped to encourage them, hopefully, to begin their podcast journey. And so it's really exciting how things go full circle. But to just give you a summary, in 2011, I was asked by Chris and Emily to come into their studio and to do a Devotions in Motion segment. I thought it would be a one-off, but God allowed it to be a once or twice a month thing for the next two to three years. Uh, Overlapping with that, I was able to approach Brad Lanzer of Lanzer Broadcasting, who owns the studios of JQ99 in Zeeland, Michigan, about the possibility of using the JQ Studios for a podcast because I've always been interested in radio. I've always wanted to do live radio as part of my profession. I still kind of hope that might come true at some point. Um, And I was given permission to do the podcast. And so God really worked out the details because a few months before that request, I had met Adam McNutt, who was working at WJQ as the producer for one Mr. J.R. Pittman on Ignite Radio, which was a Saturday night show that I guested on in January of 2012. So in July of 2012, I believe it was, I asked Adam if he would be willing to come on board as an executive producer because I needed someone to run the board at JQ. It was not in a position where I could reach it, and so I wasn't able to learn the ins and outs of that. And he graciously agreed, and I believe that he produced somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 to 320 episodes. Um, I had a couple other hosts um, in there, so it might not have been quite that many, but Adam was instrumental in about five of the first seven years of the podcast. And so now we're sitting here 
um, a year and a half removed from being at the studio, and I was just looking back, and the first episode that I did at home was episode number 391, which is a review of the movie I Still Believe, which is the Jeremy Camp story. And at that time, I did not have my roadcaster, so I was just recording on a mic into Audacity. So I was just listening to a little bit of that this morning and realized that the quality was not that good at that point. And, but I've come a long way, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and I never would have thought at that point that I would be here in my home studio a year and a half later, basically totally comfortable with doing an at-home show. One of the reasons that it's good to look back is because you can see the faithfulness of God. So before I continue, I want to share with you a little clip from the very first episode that Adam McNutt and I recorded way back on October 8th of 2012, which premiered on October 12th of 2012. And... Here you go. Good afternoon, everyone. I am very grateful to be here today. My name is Andrew Gomison, and I will be your host for the Speaking For Him podcast. Excited about the inaugural episode. And I'm also excited that I have a co-host with me in the studio today, Adam McNutt of WJQ fame. Thank you, Adam, for being here. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Appreciate it. Today, we're just going to talk a little bit about my ministry and how I uh, came to start it and how I got to this point. So I hope this is a fun time for everyone listening. Well, I want to uh, ask you a question, if, if you don't mind, about your uh, ministry real quick. Sounds great. All right, cool. Uh, why did you start speaking for Him Ministries? I've heard a lot about it, but I've never heard the, the story. Well, here here's the story in a nutshell about why I started speaking for Him I've always had a heart for young people, and I've always had a heart for speaking um, the truth of God into their lives. And one of the things that I started to think about in college was the fact that I needed that young people needed to be encouraged to seek God with their whole hearts and to not waste their um, youth, especially their teenage years. And so I decided to start to write a book for young people about um, what it means to serve God even though you're young. And then that led me to start to consider the specific roles of men and women and then the specific roles uh, of families and how they integrate into society and how they make our society what it is. So that's that's the nutshell story of of why I started the ministry and it really was a product of a lot of prayer and discussions with my parents and other people, some very special friends that came into my life at a very specific time uh, that kind of confirmed that that was the direction that God was leading me in. And so I'm grateful to have this association uh, with WJQ, and I will take this opportunity to say thank you to them for the opportunity to use this studio for this podcast. I'm very excited about it. That's awesome, and uh, we're, we're glad to have you here. I don't own the place, so I can't take credit or anything, but uh, great to have you here to be uh, doing 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 this podcast. Uh, that's that's an awesome start in how Speaking for Him Ministries is continuing to build, as you said, from that story. 
Don't mind me asking, too, what is kind of the, the main mission of Speaking for Him? Uh, the main mission of Speaking for Him comes from First Thessalonians chapter 1, where Paul is encouraging uh, his fellow believers that they would uh, walk worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have a passion for the lost, but I think my primary goal in my uh, ministry is to reach to, out to those who are already following Christ and to encourage them to follow him more closely uh, and to realize the impact that we can have on our culture at large when we're, when we're following God and, and being vocal about it. So there you have a clip from the very first podcast episode that Adam and I recorded, and it's actually about half of the episode. A funny story is that when I was conceptualizing this podcast, my original thought was, well, I'll do an hour-long podcast every month. Well, I didn't really have a concept for how long of recording that an hour is, but I was dissuaded from that by an acquaintance of mine who had a lot of experience in radio. And he said, if you only post once a month, then you will not be noticed because once a month is not uh, often enough for people to regularly expect your content, especially as an unknown. And so he recommended that I do a weekly show. And I was contemplating using a service like blog talk radio, which allowed internet live radio shows way back in that era of 2012. Um, and then I got the opportunity to record at WJQ for the morning devotions. And out of that, I screwed up the courage to talk with Brad Lanzer, who owned the station and Lanzer broadcasting about using the studio for the purposes of the podcast And he graciously acquiesced. And so that is why my podcast was able to have a very high quality from the very beginning. And I've always been grateful for Brad and his generosity to my ministry. Um, I'm grateful, as I said, to Chris and Emily Danielson for having me in for Devotions in Motion and for encouraging me at various points on this journey. I also want to give a shout out to my friend, and fellow podcaster Russ Van Allen. When I was first starting to contemplate this podcasting journey, I would listen to him and his blog talk radio show. I wasn't able to listen live very easily, but the blog talk radio episodes were usually available in podcast form, and so I was able to listen and get an idea of what it might be like to do a podcast. And over the years that I've been on the air with the Speaking for Him podcast, Russ has been in various iterations. I have guest hosted for him in the past and his current iteration, the menacing podcast. I'm a regular contributor and he's been having some technical difficulties, which have made it a challenge to get me back on with him. But I'm excited for that opportunity to come up again. And I'm just so thankful to you, Russ, for your encouragement. Um, It seems like God always brings people into my life to help me when I'm getting to a place of burnout and the fact that we are both producing content. We challenge one another, we help one another, and I'm so grateful, Russ, for your contributions for and with the Speaking for Him podcast. If you listen to 
our 150th celebration back in our archives, you will hear an interview that Russ did with Adam and I talking about the show and the ministry, and that was exciting. And then there's also a couple times when I had Russ on at other junctures. So I'm very grateful to Russ. Another person that I would like to acknowledge is uh, Naomi Van Harn, who I call my super fan. Uh, she is someone who comments and gives feedback on almost everything that I post or write. She's she's very open with that. Um, she's been a very big encouragement to my ministry. She and her husband, AJ, have been financial supporters. So I, I'm very grateful for their um, help as well. Um, I'm grateful for the people that I met through this podcast. Melissa Olden was a, an abortion survivor. Um, Cherie Williams is just a dynamite woman of God who's who's seeking the truth of God with her whole heart, and she's a bubbly, vivacious, beautiful young lady as well. And I'm just so grateful um, to have her acquaintance and friendship as a result of this show. I met Rebecca Kiesling who is a product of rape, who works for Save the One. Um, and so just so many people, and I could go on and on about what God has done through this podcast. And we could do a whole podcast episode on that. We won't do that today, but I am planning to do something really special in about 30 weeks in early May for the 500th podcast of Speaking for Him. I'm not sure exactly what form that will take. If you have any ideas, um, I would be willing to take them so that we can begin the planning stages. It would just be really nice to plan something extremely special for the 500th episode. And so I just want you to continue to pray. Um, as I mentioned I in a previous episode, I am no longer working for the Potter's House, so I'm trying to get my ministry to have even more uh, blessing and content for people and to uh, expand my reach for speaking for him. So just continue to pray for me about all of these things. The next thing I would like to talk about is civility um, within our culture and particularly within politics. As Democrats remain divided in Congress, it seems their supporters are flushing civility down the drain. As Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema found out, she can't even use the bathroom without being harassed by these radicals. We need solutions to build that better plan. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. This lack of civility is nothing new from the left. Just ask Larry Elder, who was attacked by an egg-throwing nut job while campaigning to be California's next governor. But don't worry. Joe Biden says it's all part of the process. I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. From The, <laughs> the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's part of the process. Here to react, former California gubernatorial candidate and radio host Larry Elder. Larry, what do you have to say to the president's response to this situation? 
Well, imagine if a uh, gorilla mask-wearing woman threw an egg at, say, Kamala Harris or Barack Obama. They'd be calling it a hate crime. There'd be an international manhunt to find her. Uh, this is a kind of lack of civility that goes on. Uh, this recall effort, uh, uh, polls showed, Ben, at some point uh, that the effort might very well succeed, and then they brought in the heavy lumber. They outspent me 10 to 1, $200 million to $20 million. Barack Obama cut an ad for him. They asked uh, uh, Snoop Dogg to tweet out his 19 million uh, followers. This was a Republican takeover led by, quote, uh, the black face of white supremacy, close quote. That would be me. One aspect of this that I'd like to hear you address directly is, you know, we see this action from the left constantly, that they'll get in your face, they'll yell at you when you're out uh, eating, they will, they will, you know, uh, in, invoke all of these different uh, aspects of aggressive politicking and set civility aside. They never get criticized by the media for that. They're just, they can run pell-mell over any kind of expectations, in this case against a female senator just trying to go to the bathroom, uh, and there never seems to be any backlash. Never any criticism that says maybe you shouldn't do that. Well, Ben, that one's easy. That's because the media are complicit. For example, I've never asked anybody to vote for me or against me because I'm black, let alone that I would have become the, the first black governor of California. But there was a long negative article about me in the New York Times, never mentioning that I'm black, let alone that if I got elected, I would have been the first black governor of California. But in the very same issue of the New York Times, that same day, big, long article about, quote, the first female governor, close quote, of New York. So it was relevant that she had a D at the end of her name. She was first. I have an R at the end of my name, and I cease being black as far as the New York Times is concerned. <laughs> you know, that, that really does seem to be... The thing, the thing about this, Larry, is it's so obvious. They don't hide it anymore. It's all right out there in the opening. All you have to do is pay attention to what they say, take them at their word, and you can see the game being played in front of you. Now, the full clip is available at speakingforhim.blogspot.com. Please make sure that you surf on over to the blog after you listen to the podcast because it does contain all of the clips that I share here on the show. There's just a couple of things I want to bring out. First of all is the fact that the left often tells us and the media often sides with the left in telling us that the conservatives are the haters, that the conservatives are the intolerant, and that the conservatives are the violent. But what's so crazy to me is that they often are being violent when they're telling us to not be violent. They're often harassing when they're telling us not to harass. The situation brought up in this clip, the first one, was about Kristen Sinema, who is a Democratic congresswoman who has some common sense who has sided with the conservatives of late on several issues, being chased into the bathroom by activists who are trying to shout her down and tell her that she's not representing them well. The bathroom is not a place to have that discussion. And the fact of the matter is that there was not just a woman in the bathroom talking to her and videotaping her. There was a man as well. If I, as a man, go into a woman's bathroom for any reason, I will be hauled out and arrested. And rightfully so. 
This is unacceptable in any standard. And yet, you won't hear the left or most of the mainstream media talk about this issue because, as Joe Biden said in this clip, it happens. It happens to everyone unless they have Secret Service around them. Well, number one, it doesn't happen to everyone. But number two, the fact that something happens to everyone does not in itself make it right. That is a ridiculous way of putting things. I believe that we can have disagreement in our society. I believe we should have disagreement in society. We don't need a yes society because we need to be able to talk about our differences. Our differences are part of what make America great. But if you are going to castigate someone and call them evil and threaten violence against them and walk into the bathroom to harass someone because they have different opinions than you, that is wrong. Another instance that was brought up in this clip was about Larry Elder being egged when he was campaigning in California. And the way that he is represented in the media, the New York Times, as the black face of white supremacy. That is not appropriate. As Larry said, you should not vote for him because he was black, just as you shouldn't have voted for Joe Biden because you are black. But it's worth noting that a New York Times article celebrating the first female governor of New York because of the ouster of Governor Andrew Cuomo failed to even mention that Larry Elder was black. This from a group of people who are on the side of this issue that seems to want to highlight this difference every chance they get. Yesterday, there was a major outage for Facebook. Massive and mysterious, a global outage taking down Facebook around the world for hours, along with Instagram and WhatsApp, which Facebook owns. One Facebook employee telling NBC News, everyone is just sort of standing around with the outage affecting pretty much everything. But this is a misconfiguration, a some sort of technical glitch that is basically unheard of. The, the, the scope of it is just Utterly remarkable. Facebook has not said how many people have been affected in the outage, which began just before noon Eastern time, but its platforms altogether have billions of users worldwide. A spokesperson late tonight apologizing to those affected, adding, we know billions of people and businesses around the world depend on our products and services to stay connected. We appreciate your patience as we come back online. Hallie, circling back to this outage now, put it into context for us. Lester, it seems to be one of the longest ones Facebook has had. Back in 2008, it went down for about a day. But remember, at the time, the company only had 80 million users, and that was before Instagram and WhatsApp even existed. Okay, so I have some personal experience with Facebook going down for me even before this outage, so I want to speak to that a little bit. You heard in 
that story that the official statement from Facebook was that they cared about the people that were using their service for business and personal usage, and they were trying their best to get it back online. And of course, it came back about six o'clock. So we're talking about like a six hour global outage of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. But I lost my original Facebook on April 22nd of this past year. For about three or four weeks, I tried every single day to contact Facebook and in hopes of getting my account back and was unable to do so. So I've been rebuilding my Facebook account in this new account. But the worst part about it is my ministry page and my Speaking for Him radio theater page, which both of which I was very excited about, are no longer accessible to me. And Facebook has no live customer service. So I think it's worth noting that their commitment to customer service, I don't think, is as great as they want you to believe. Now, as I close this segment, I just want to say this, that a lot of people um, decry Facebook because of some of the practices they've taken up, specifically with fact-checking posts that are opinions. That does bother me a great deal. But I will say this, that Facebook really helped me get through the pandemic um, and through times when I wasn't getting out much because Facebook connected me with a lot of family and friends that I wouldn't normally be connected with. So I think there are good uses for the Facebook platform. And I definitely have used it to grow my ministry, even though that was kind of stalled by the hack. So today we're going to talk about the myth that some Christians share, which is that you can get to heaven if you have any religion or if you have no religion at all. And this is a very dangerous philosophy that some people have, and we need to be prepared to refute it. And so... That's what we're going to dig into today, and we'll start with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes from the Apostle Paul in Galatians 1, 8-10. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed, As we said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Galatians 1, 8-10 So Paul is saying, the gospel that I laid out to you is the only true gospel, and if anybody preaches anything different, even if an angel came down from heaven to tell you it, they're wrong. Which I actually think is really interesting 
because Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormons, believed that the angel Moroni came down and gave him a book that was superior to the Bible in the Book of Mormon. And Paul himself says right here, even if an angel from heaven comes down to share with you another gospel, please know that they are wrong because the gospel that we gave you is the full and true gospel. The last part of this passage is perhaps the most important to this discussion. For do I persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I shall not be the servant of Christ. You know, a good way to increase your following as a Christian preacher is to avoid talking about the bad parts of the Bible. Namely, talking about sin and encouraging people to turn away from it. That's a really good way to increase your following. If you just talk about fluffy things, if you just talk about self-realization, if you just talk about how awesome most people are, then you'll, you'll have a huge following. But if you are responsible for leading them into error, what good is it to have a huge following? There is no good in that. Our job is not to have a a huge following. Our job is to speak the truth. Um, I saw a meme yesterday that I shared on Facebook, the gist of which was this. Share the truth, whether it fills a room or empties a room. And increasingly today, you may lend yourself to emptying a room or losing friends on social media or being blocked on a social media platform like YouTube or Facebook or one of the others because the world does not like the truth. But Paul is saying, as a servant of God, it's my job to speak only the truth. You know, when you go to court, you say, I will share testimony That is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So three times you are asked to affirm the truth. That's how important it is. So as we continue to look into this topic, let's look at what the truth is. The truth is that that the true God is one God in three persons. Then came Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew three, thirteen to 17 And so in this passage we see one of the evidences of the entire 
Trinity in one passage because we see um, the Spirit of God descending on Jesus like a dove. We hear God the Father speaking from the heavens and we see him say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, acknowledging Jesus as the Son of God. One God, eternally existent in three persons. The second thing that is key to truly being redeemed is believing that Jesus is God in the flesh. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And also, in this first chapter of John, it will go on to say that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. In Colossians chapter 2 it says, In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Bible is the sole authority for the Christian. This is the third thing that we need to know in order to be truly redeemed. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2.19-21, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And of course, Peter is also speaking as he's moved by the Holy Ghost when he pens his epistles. And in 2 Timothy 3.15, it says that every scripture is good for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Every scripture. And so, if we put anything above the Bible, we are in trouble. The Bible is God's message to us as mankind. The next topic that we need to be well-versed on when we are addressing the topic of who can get into heaven is that salvation is a gift. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, For by the law is the knowledge of sin, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And that is Romans 3.20. 24. So we see that the only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. It says, through the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. There's nothing you can do to be justified in God's sight. You can only trust Jesus. Now to me, that's a relief because I know that I could never be good enough for God to say, I'm letting you into heaven on your own merit. And for those that, that that believe that you can get to heaven by your good works, 
I would ask this simple question. How will you know when you've done enough good works to get there? The reality is none of us would be able to calculate how many good works we could get there. And the Bible even says that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. So it takes the good works completely out of the salvation equation. Now, should it be a result of our salvation? Absolutely. The Bible says that God before ordained some good works that we should walk in them. So good works is a part of the Christian life, but it's not a salvific requirement. And then the final point that I want to address today is eternal life requires faith in Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And that's John three sixteen to 18. And I think um, this is something that people wrestle with. They're like, well, why would a loving God condemn people to hell? No, the, the truth is that a loving God saw that we were condemned and said, I am going to come down and I'm going to take away your condemnation. Remember Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So his goal is to take away our condemnation that we already have. Our sins are what have condemned us. And he offered his own self. He took our sins in his own body on the tree. He was obedient to death, even the death of the cross, because he loved you, because he loved me, because he wanted us to be in heaven with him. And it really amazes me, as we wrap up this discussion, to consider the level of humanism that has crept into certain aspects of Christianity. I will never understand a Christian with a coexist bumper sticker on the back of their car or someone who says that all religions lead to God, but I chose Christianity as my outlet for religion. Because the very nature of Christianity is exclusivity. Jesus didn't say, I am a way, I am a truth, I am a life. No, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. If you look at the Bible, it never says maybe. It always says, this is what will happen. This is the truth. It always speaks in the definitive article. We just read, if you believe you are not condemned, if you don't believe you're condemned already. Those are the two choices. So my question to you is, where do you stand? Do you believe so that you can experience the mercy of God and not be condemned? Or are you sitting outside and you're condemned already? 
Notice in the course of this discussion, there was nothing about fences anywhere. There's no fence in God's kingdom. So if you feel like, quote unquote, you are on the fence, may I assure you that that fence is invisible. And if you haven't made a decision for Christ, you've made a decision for the devil and for hell. Remember when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees who were far from him, he didn't mince words. He said, you are of your father, the devil. And so we need to make sure that we make our father God so that the devil can't get a foothold in our lives. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and I I hope that you will share it with family and friends. I have one more shout out I want to make on this podcast and that is to my friend Dave Dalrymple. Dave has been an invaluable uh, mentor and encouragement to me in my Christian life. We met in, I believe, 2008 at the Guiding Light Mission, and so we've been friends for 13 years, I think. And I've just been so blessed by him. He he and his friend Ivor uh, took me to the Basics 2012 seminar, um, which is out of Alistair Beggs church in Ohio. And I will always remember that trip because it's the first trip I ever took without a family member, um, overnight. And it was just a real blessing to be together. Dave has appeared on my podcast a few times and just an all around good guy and supporter of my podcast. Dave is, is moving to North Carolina this week And so, Dave, I'm praying for journey mercies for you and that God will go along with you as Jesus went with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Well, that's about all I have to share with you on today's episode of the podcast. Please make sure that you are continuing to give us feedback with the information that will roll at the end of the show. Have a great week and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 